Alrighty, so Vesiyat Rishmaya, let's jump into our Limud of Sicha Saran from Rabbi Nachman. Thank you all for joining. I know it's a difficult time. It's smack in the middle of the day. Everybody's busy. Um, so we're going to try to continue our Limud from last week. We were learning Sicha Saran Chaf Vav. So we're going to finish with the sources on Chaf Vav. And then we'll jump into Chavzayin together. Be'ezer Hashem, some sources on Chavzayin as well. So I hope you're all having a phenomenal beginning of the week. And let's be Mechazek together with the teachings of the Tzaddikim. So if you remember last week in Sichas Ran Chav Vav, we had been talking very deeply about the Nikud of Shikha. We learned an amazing, beautiful idea from Reb Nassin, who spoke to us about this, that Simchas Torah features the end of the Torah as well as the beginning of the Torah. And the end of the Torah is Le'ene Kol Yisrael. And the beginning of the Torah is Bereshiz Bara Elokim. Bereshiz Bara Elokim is a beginning. Le'ene Kol Yisrael is a reference to the breaking of the Luchos. And the breaking of the Luchos we learned from Chazal is where Shikha came to the world. That's where forgetfulness came to the world is the breaking of the Luchos where the Torah is sort of shattered and those letters leave, Parchas Le'ela. And that means that that's indicative of this that a person can forget. That's what happened with the Shvir Saluchas. That's connected to the words La'ene Kal Yisrael. Said Reb Nassin, the only way that you can have a Bereshiz Bara Elokim, sometimes in life, the only way that we can have a new beginning, the only way that we can move into a new phase of being is to have that conscious experience of Shikha, of forgetfulness, of letting go of the past, consciously choosing to forget, leave certain elements behind, and move into the future uh, with a lot of strength and, and, and chizik. And so that's what Reb Nassin says. That's why the Luchas and the Shibri Luchos are Menachem Ba'arin, both the complete Luchos, the second Luchos, as well as the broken Luchos, are placed in the Aron because these two things need to go one with the other, hand in hand. You can't have a complete Luchos without also having the broken Luchos as well. So we're going to delve a little bit more deeply now into these sources that refer to the Nakuda of forgetfulness, both in terms of a spiritual strategy, and that's what we have, been, we have been discussing, as well as the forgetfulness of Torah, which we also spoke about last week, as being a positive thing in the sense that it enables us each time to revisit our learning, even though we learned the same thing 500 times, but you learn it again, and it's with a frischkeit, it's, it's fresh, and it's, and it's sweet, like the first time. So we're going to see all of these sources. Let's begin with the Helegatanya, with the Balatanya, Shusya Gnalenu, in Parakut Aleph. And the tzaddik says here, This that a person says, and I actually believe it's a mistake. I don't think it's a kutei amarim. I think it's a geras hatshuva. Perik yud alef. We'll have to look it up, but I think it's a geras hatshuva. And so the tzaddik here says, This that David HaMelech said, that my sin is constantly before me. My sin, negdi samid. Says the Balatanya, Because the literal understanding of it is that a person that wants to serve Hashem, a person who wants to do tshuva, needs to constantly be thinking, rehashing, reminding oneself of all of those missteps along the way, of all of those chataim, of all of those deviations from the will of God in one's past. And that's what we would naturally interpret the Pasuk to mean. V'chatasi negdi samit. David HaMelech is the symbol for the Baal Tshuva. It, it, it would be obvious to us, and it would be understandable to interpret the Pasuk as meaning V'chatasi, David HaMelech says, my sin, negdi samit, was always in front of me. Says the Baal Tani Mamash, the opposite. It does not mean that David HaMelech was always depressed and always brokenhearted and always down on himself because of past perceived missteps, at least. The very next words say that David HaMelech asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, fill me with joy. So how could that be that David HaMelech is saying, that I'm going ahead and I am putting my sin in front of me always, but at the same time, he implies that this is going to fill him with joy. One does not go with the other. The passage continues, and your gracious spirit is supporting me. These two things don't seem to fit. Because obviously, like the Baal Tanya had expressed earlier, again, it's in Nagaris Tshuva, I believe, that that Eli says, a person needs to always be in a state of Tshuva Ilah, which is Tshuva out of Simcha. With the incredible joy, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're giving me another chance. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're a Moichel V'saleach Atta. Yimin Chapshuta V'kabal Shavim. Your hand is outstretched to receive me always. So how could it be then? 
that we would assume that these words v'chatasi negdi samad are referring to a state of atzvos, a state of depression. The Davra Melech is in a state of depression. How could that be? Says the Balatanya Mamish, the opposite. Ella negdi daika. He says, you know what the word negdi means? On the one hand, neged could mean in front of, but on the other hand, it can mean opposite in the sense that it's contrasting where I am and who I am and what I'm about. You'll stand on the other side. So neged could mean literally in front of us, like it does mean in the Pasuk, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit over there. It literally means I place God in front of me always, but it could also mean to stand far away. Also, a distant from. Rashi says, you know what this means? Mirachok, far away. So he says, you know what the meaning is? Indeed, a person needs to go ahead and not be rum levavai, always a balgaiva. Of course, a person should be a shafal ruach befnei kol adam. A person should have that nakuda, a reminder that he's no better than anybody else. On the contrary, all of us have things to work on and we are working on those things. And our pasts are imperfect. No past of any human being is perfect. That's what it means to be a human, like we always say. So he says, on the contrary, a person is reminding himself all the time. And that's adding on to the simcha. This that a person goes ahead and realizes that really, like Rabbi Nachman says, because Lareacha could mean to love your friend, to love your neighbor, but it could also mean a lashon of ra. Says Rabbi Nachman, love all of the negative aspects of things that you go through, love all the challenges, love all of the negative things in life. Why? Because Kamaicha Ani Hashem, in accordance with what we're really deserving in terms of our cleansing, in terms of you know, all of the mistakes that we made, Ani Hashem, it's, it's all Rachamim, because Kamaicha. Just remember what you really deserve and what I really deserve. So, the after the Racha Kamaicha, it's all Tikunim and it's all in a way of Rachamim, Klape, you know, what, what, you know, what we would be deserving of, so to speak, in terms of how much we rebel in relation to what we're given and how much life is such a gift, right? And that's where Rabbi Nachman says, that's that Torah over there. But over here he says a similar thing, that all the negative things that we go through, whether it's from heaven, or whether things happen to us circumstantially, existentially, or other people do things to us, obviously to go ahead and to always say, what's Lataiva about this? It's a kapara for my sins. And, and in that sense, we should remember of course, a person should go ahead and to have these nikudas, to have these inyanim that will enable him or her to go ahead and to accept everything. Right, a person that that's mavra midos of a person that overcomes certain negative tendencies with regard to negative midos, mavir and loyal kolp shav they they forgive all the sins, and so obviously this is what a kaddish baruch Hu wants. But the pasuk v'chatasi minegdi means twofold. On the one hand, it means negdi that it should be in front of us in as much as it's going to aid in our joy, in as much as it's going to give us the tools to be able to handle life and to be able to say okay. Like Rabbi Nachman says, via hafta l'reacha to love the ra, to love those negative circumstances. Kamaicha ani Hashem, because Hashem is acting in a way of mercy in accordance with or in relation to what we really deserve, like we mentioned. But in as much as we think that that we should always be reminding ourselves of the negative mistakes of the past, in a way that's going to bring us to atzvos. In and of this very pasuk says the Baal Tanya, that word neged also means 
to throw rachok very, very far away. And so a person has to have this balance. On the one hand, we need to go ahead and to remember, obviously, and to remind ourselves. It goes without saying, to be cognizant of where we came from, what we need to fix up. Every person has to rectify things. We're always works in progress. And that's a positive element of this Nikudav Khatasi Negdi Samid. Only if it's going to aid in joy. The second it starts to drag us down, the second it starts to prevent us from moving forward because we feel so broken and so tainted and so maimed and we feel as if we're unable to make strides in Abedas Hashem, that word negdi needs to take on the opposite connotation, which Rashi tells us based on the Pasuk, Mineged, where were Am Yisrael supposed to encamp? Mineged. Neged can mean in front of, but like Rashi tells us, it can mean Merachok, far away. And in as much as it's going to weigh us down, I mean, negdi summit. You got to cast that off and cast that away, like Rabbi Nachman taught us. The main thing is shikha de kedusha, a holy kind of forgetfulness to consciously forget, leave the past in the past, and move forward. With regard to what we discussed about Torah learning and the positive element, even though it is, it seems negative, but the positive element of forgetting what we learn, because then we're able to re-engage with that learning in a very beautiful way in a way that's like the first time, to appreciate the sweetness of Torah, over here the Medrash says something very similar. The Medrash is in Kohelas Rabbah, and the Tzaddik says like this, It was said in the name of a number of Rabbanim, of Amiram, It's for the good of a person that a person learns Torah and forgets. There's a name here of somebody who's trying to enter, and it doesn't say their full name, and I'm very weary of letting people in, but see, the person's waiting already 20 minutes. I'm going to let them in, and we hope for the best, because it's a toss-up with letting people into these Zooms. Okay, so, so over here, The Helega Medrash tells us a person learns and forgets for their own good. If a person wouldn't forget anything that they learned ever, and a person would devote the requisite amount of time that's supposed to be devoted to learning, what would happen? Listen to this. You'd learn for two, three years, and you'd leave. You're done. You have accomplished Torah. Two, three years. That's what they're assuming it takes, I guess, with, you know, 14-hour learning days, whatever it is, you know, from the minute you get up to the minute you go to sleep. Two, three years, you can finish everything. Torah obviously grew a whole lot more since the times of Chazal, Shalosuchubisvar, and there's a whole lot more to learn now than there was then in a certain way in terms of expansivity. Obviously, the depth was much deeper. There's a whole lot more to learn. But three, two, three years, you can finish everything. You never come back to it. But because a person learns but cannot remember everything, it's simply impossible. You could have a big Tamar Chacham, but you could have a Bachar that's learning something in Yeshiva, and he knows the sugya better than the big Talmud Chacham. Why? Because it's impossible for a person to be holding in every single detail. He'll say, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, rusty. I need a, need a review. And that's fine. So he says this, that a person, a person will never become detached from Torah all the days of their lives. And over here, the Medrash is implying to us something very essential with regard to learning. And of course, it's not just about learning, but it's all of Yiddishkeit. Because from what we call the Six Sons perspective, in the book, The Six Sons vis-a-vis the princess, I apologize for the sirens, my air conditioning broke, so I have to have the windows open so that I can do this in the first place and not suffocate. Chaz v'shalom. So this Nikuda, where, 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 where the Six Sons is all about the quantity, the six days of the week, right? For those who read the book, those who read the story, and if you didn't read the book, obviously highly recommend it to get a copy. Um, but over there we speak about the Six Sons vis-a-vis the princess. This is going to be the quantitative elements, the external aspects. So from the perspective of the Six Sons, like, why not? Learn Torah for two, three years, you master Torah, move on to the next thing. Meaning, like, why wouldn't this be an ideal setup? But from the lens of the princess, where it's not about how much you know, and it's not about how big a Tamar Chacham you are, or how much you remember, but it's about the spirit. It's about the Dveikos Eloki that's involved in learning. It's about the Ava, it's about the Yira, it's about the way in which Torah is supposed to transform a person that would be the biggest tragedy in the world because, okay, you got whatever was to be, get, was to be gotten out of Limanat Torah in two, three years? How could that be? 
We're constantly supposed to achieve deeper levels of the Vekas and Hashem, of, of understanding what Hashem is, who Hashem is, how deeply we're in love with Him. We're supposed to be building and working on that emotion. It's a lifelong process. So to hear the Midrash between the lines is intimating to us that like the Pasuk, like the Gemara says, whether a person learns a lot or whether a person learns a little, the main thing is, is to have the Kavana, to have the aspect of Lishma in whatever way that we possibly can. And so that's, it's a very, very deep medrash because that's essentially what the medrash is telling us. It would not be ideal for a person to simply be a computer program, download the whole Torah, you got it, move on. Because that's not what Torah is about. Torah is about the connection. And the connection we're supposed to have all the days of our lives, increasingly so. So that's a very beautiful medrash, Kohalas Rabba. Let's take a look at the Shevet Musar, which is really essential. The first part speaks directly to what we're talking about. And then the second part sort of goes off on a tangent. But because it's in the same... Perik, I thought it was important to include this. This is also a mistake. It should be Shevet Musar Perik Vav, chapter 6, not chapter 1. I guess the 1 looks like a Vav. Who knows? Okay, but it's supposed to be chapter 6. So listen to this, Chevra, and thank you so much for joining me again. Do not think the way that many have thought and mistakenly considered. That they themselves gave up on themselves. Why? Because they said, I cannot understand anything. I cannot remember anything. I do not retain anything I learn. I'm going to let go of Torah study because what's the function? What's the point? Says the Shevet Moshe, they're making a very big mistake. Like we learned from Rabbi Nachman himself and the mushal. It's also based on another medrash about the people that were hired just to fill barrels with water. It has a leak in it, but you're getting hired to fill the barrels. It's the filling of the barrels that matter. The pouring of the water into the barrels, not necessarily how much the barrel is able to retain of the water. That's not the Indian. The Indian is get involved in filling it up. That's the point. And that's what the medrash had told us also. So here he echoes that sentiment as well. The fact that you don't remember anything has nothing to do with this, that you're commanded to do the best that you can. That's the only thing that Hashem ever asks of any Jew is to do the best genuinely that you can within your given circumstances, period. That's the only thing you can ask. We're not angels. We're human beings. Each of us have our limitations. Each of us have our journey. Human beings are exceedingly complex and our childhood and our experiences and traumas and mistakes and, you know, and, and all the different elements of what goes in to make up this mosaic of a, of a human identity. We have those things that we're limited in. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, given your circumstances, do the best that you can. Be in Yavin, Yavin. If he understands, he'll understand. Listen to this incredible thing. The Torah does not tell us. The Torah does not tell us, understand the Torah. That's not a command. The Torah commands us, Involve yourself in whatever level Torah study you can to the best of your ability day and night. Whether that means the whole day, the whole night, at some point, both for men and for women. We don't know. Different opinions, each person based on what they can. But this is important. Listen to the wording. Involve yourself. Toil in the Torah day and night. It doesn't say the And we find in the words of the Tanya, of the Tanya, if you learned a lot of Torah, they give you a lot of schar. And in our terminology, schar doesn't mean schar alam haba. That's a wonderful thing. We'll all get there, of course. But the schar is schar mitzvah, mitzvah. The reward of being engaged in, 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 in an intimate encounter with the divine vis-a-vis our learning vis-a-vis the mitzvah in and of itself that's the biggest reward that's the biggest schar doesn't say if you understood a whole lot of Torah if you remember a whole lot of Torah doesn't say that they said if you learned a lot of Torah and try to understand if you understand it's a bonus you don't lack a thing in this that you don't understand despite your best attempts. We're not talking about a person trying to you know, school the program and, and fool God or themselves. A person is genuinely trying and a person says, I don't see any results. What do you mean you don't see any results? The toil in and of itself is the greatest result. What are you trying to get? Schar? And you think that you're only going to get schar in accordance with how much you perceive yourself to have accomplished? You don't realize that the deepest schar is in the act of learning in and of itself. 
And if you didn't understand, it's a thousand times more agra. In accordance with how difficult it is, and you don't taste the sweetness, but you do it anyway. Because you're in a relationship and there's a context of love in which within which even those chores that a person doesn't enjoy, but they become filled and they become uh, imbued with that spirit of joy in the sense that I'm doing this because I love the person. Amemela, something that's not an enjoyable chore, becomes enjoyable in a different sense. You still don't like doing whatever chore it is, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever you have to do, you know, in the context of a loving relationship. You still don't like it, but you love it because you love that person. And so that's the nukud over here of the schar. Lefum tsara in accordance with how much it's difficult, but you do it in the context of a relationship. Lefum tsara agra. Right, more so you get the you get the reward. If a person therefore is going to say, "I'm not learning because I don't understand and it's killing me," of course, as educators and in the educational system, we have to try to accommodate to every single child at every single level and to present different levels of limudim, different kinds of limudim. That's my whole thing. We have to really broaden the curriculum to be able to introduce the all of Torah so that you never know what might speak to one kid and what might, you know, this person's a right brain thinker, this person's a left brain thinker, this one's more creative, this one's more technical. We have to give, because the Torah contains the all of it and we have to do the best that we can. But ultimately, if a person doesn't understand, that's not a reason to say I'm giving it up because it was never about the understanding. We have to drill this into our kids. It's not about how you do on tests. It's not about how much you know. If you know and you understand and it's going well and you're a Talmud Chacham, it's the best. But beyond that, that's not the ichor of it. That's a mistake. That's the mistake of the six sons. That's a Yiddish cat without the princess. Upitu yayetzer. He says it's a, it's, a, it's a delusional, seductive sort of trap that's laid out for you by the Yitzhahara. Yasmim limud of a soif habina lovay. He says, keep on learning. Do what you can. In the end, you never know Yeshua Hashem keheref ayin. The Pasuk says, Torah Hashem temima you know what that means? That means that the Torah in and of itself contains the ability to make a person that's not naturally smart, wise. And so he says over here, keep on doing what you need to do. You'll understand in the end. When a Kaddish Baruch Hu sees your commitment not to the understanding or the technical knowledge of Torah, but to the dveikus of liman ha-Torah and of the divine hug that we're enveloped within whenever we engage in learning, Paseach loy mayane ha-chachma, Kaddish Baruch will open up the gates for you. Mamish, open up the gates. Dechsev ki Hashem yitin chachma bipiv dasu tfuna it's HaKadosh Baruch who's ultimately giving to a person in the way that that person needs to be given to das, chachma, intellect, understanding, even a person of very, very mediocre, maybe even less than that intelligence, the limit of Torah can itself, if there's enough commitment, we spoke about commitment to limit of Torah in a previous year, every single day, consistency, we spoke about consistency. Sakharish Baruch Hu opens the gates for a person. Now here it goes into part two, which is not exactly the same Nakuta, but I thought it was very, very important to learn. And I'm not exactly sure if the Shevet Musar was a Rishon. He's a Kadman. He was one of the earlier, one of the earlier tzaddikim, not from the from the past 300 years. I think it was before that. I think. I have to look that up, but I think he's a Kadman. And he says like this, I want to give you something that will enable you to go ahead and tear the mamish run after it. Really listen very deeply. This is something important. He says, I want to give you something that's going to give you vitality and life. And he says like this, listen to this. He says, a person should always go ahead. 16th to 18th century, beautiful, yeah. So a person should go ahead and to learn, thank you so much, Mendel. A person should go and learn Torah in the area where their lave is chafetz. That should be the primary section or portion of your study, whatever your study is. The ikr should be where your heart is. In the Gemara, Gemara. In the Drush, Drush. 
in beremes, remes ve in be kabbalah, kabbalah. No provisions, no conditions. She lays it out very, very simply. If someone had told me this when I was in eighth grade, I actually skipped eighth grade, when I was in ninth grade or seventh grade, it would have saved me a lot of anguish, I think. Because I'm a person who's more naturally drawn. Of course, I'm learning Allah and Gemara and, and all of that, right? Of course. But I'm a person who's a more right brain, artistic, creative thinker. Musical person, artistic person, that's more right, right brain. I'm motioning to the left. Right brain, that's how not left brain I am. I'm more, I'm very creative. So I'm more on the, on the right brain. And I always naturally felt drawn essentially to avoid because I didn't even know that Torah contained within it the kind of studies that would fit a soul or a mind like mine until much later on. And it saved my life. Mamish saved my life. It, it saved my connection to Yiddishkeit entirely. And that's my life's mission is to try to, you know, to, to, to make it very, very, very known and to, to let people become aware, more aware that there is this area of Torah that's, you know, I, I believe very, very outfitted to this generation's way of thinking and Know, depth and, and so on and so forth. So here he says the Iker Lima should be in the area where our heart desires. Again, we'll read these liberating words in Bigemara Gemara, in Bidrush Drush, in Biremez, Remez, in Kabbalah Kabbalah. Again, that doesn't mean to say that a person that's more drawn to Drush or Remez doesn't have to learn Gemara at all. Of course, it doesn't mean that. He says Iker A person should have a balanced, uh, healthy sort of spiritual diet, Torah diet, should be diverse. Diversify your, you know, your spiritual portfolio in terms of what you're learning. But the Iker is where the lave is. He says that the Arhelega Arizal says And this is what the Arhelega There are those whose entire desire is to learn Pshatei Torah Just Halacha and Gemara You and I have met people like this We're not necessarily able to understand them all the time But we try to introduce them to Hasidus And it doesn't speak to them Pashit does not speak to them I've met fewer of these kind of of chevra than the kind of chevra to whom uh, you know Gemara speaks less to, right? I think that the, you know that's that's much more prevalent. But there are people like this. There are people like this. They're on fire with Yiddishkeit. They live with the princess. Dveikus, passion, connection, depth, emotional depth. But in terms of learning, they want to learn a Rajma, and that's what gets them going. And they want to have a Kovitz Mefarshim and a Gemara Ksubis, and that's their Benazmanim. They don't. They don't have interest. They don't have time. That's not their thing. That's fine. There are people who are just, their whole thing is gematrias. There are those that are drawn very deeply to Kabbalah. Says that Ariyakadish, once you understand that there's a sort of Gilgulim, once you understand that this is not the first time we're here, once you understand that we're a long process of spiritual development in terms of what our soul needs to experience in each subsequent Gilgul. Says the Heliga Arizal, it's very possible that if a person feels entirely drawn in this incredibly overpowering way and the person's not fooling themselves with regard to attaching themselves to an area of Lima they perceive to be easier, it can't be a laziness thing, it has to be Birurim. Why do I want to learn this the whole day? Why? Why? But if a person feels this natural draw, says the Arizal, it's very possible, I don't think we can say a blanket rule, but it's very possible that paradoxically, those that we look upon as being the classic rationalist, Gemara, Halacha, just, you know, Halachic Jew is a bigger Makubal than you'll ever be. Because in the previous Gilgul, they were a Bucky in Kabbalah. They came to this, <laughs> to this world to learn a little Gemara. What are, you, what are you harassing them for? They just want to learn a little Meshavura, you know? And it could be that that's their tikkun. It's hard for people like me and you. I believe, you know, we're more naturally drawn to Hasidus. And so we want the whole world to be, and again, I believe based on my experience that the overwhelming majority of Hevra are in this Gilgul to make the tikkun in the areas of Jerush, in the areas of Hasidus, in the areas of Kabbalah, based on my understanding. But that doesn't mean there aren't Yechidim. The Valatani also speaks about those, that he says, Tivam Kar, which is not a bad thing. He says their nature is a little bit more rational, a little bit colder, a little bit drier, and that's their thing. As long as it's with the princess, as long as it's 
It's bringing them chiyas and dveikas b'ashem. That's that's you know for everything. Somebody said to me, I don't understand. What are you always you know ranting about those that are serving God uninspired? Shivim drachim, you know shivim panim Torah, There are seventy faces to the Torah, and I told him uninspired is not one of them. There are seventy faces to the Torah, but one of them is not by rote. That that's not a path. That's not one of the drachim, right? There are many drachim. Each of the drachim has to be with God consciousness. David Amal said, Shivisi Hashem, Lanagvi Summit for everyone, as did the Ramah bring that in the first halacha. But that doesn't mean that a person needs to be the biggest makubal in the world. It doesn't mean that. And so that's a very, very important and empowering thing to understand. Gemara is going hard for you. It's difficult. You have to learn a little bit every single day without a suffix. You have to learn Gemara, Halacha, Kalashayin, Halachas, Vachalyam, Muftach, Leishu, Ben Alam, Haba, Chasid. If you don't know what Halachas, we're not going to be able to do you know, what's basically incumbent upon us. Certainly with regard to Ilcha Shabbos, there are so many things. I have to be now in a Smicha program for Ilcha Shabbos. There are so many things that if you don't learn it, it's, it's a disaster. I mean, you have to learn. That's not a question. But with regard to all of the other nakudas, that you don't feel that this is your tafkid, it's very possible that you've already done all of this. It's very possible that in a previous iteration of your soul combination, whatever it was, in a previous Gilgal, you were a Bucky in Shulchan Arach and Ramah and Mishnah Bura and, and everything. Could be. That's what that Rizal says here. A very interesting thing. Therefore, it is not a necessity that every single Gilgal that you come back, you have to go ahead and involve yourself once more in every area of Torah with the same intensity. And listen to this. I mean, it's unbelievable. You, you, it's very shocking, these words. Listen to this. Pay no heed. To those that take umbrage of this, that you feel that for your personal growth and for your personal inyan, you need to, um, to, uh, to, to set aside your ikr, or to, to appoint your ikr limud in something that doesn't necessarily speak to them. Or something that's not, you know, the classical limud of the yeshivas of the system, pay no heed to them. This is what we would refer to as the giants, right? In the story of the lost princes, pay no heed respectfully. You do you, I'm doing me. Pay no heed. It's 2021. Trying to connect to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Let me learn a little Hasidus for a minute. You know, pay no heed. People are harassing you. Why do you have to spend all your time learning this and not this? And that's the bulk of your time. This is really it's the dessert. It's not that you know all these different things that they come up with. This that you have a desire to learn. This is why you came to the world. It's not a uh, a chisaron. It's not a lack. This is your ikar maila. The intasim and if you listen to them, you'll capitulate every single time, and you won't be strong spine and strong will to stand like the viceroy bevadayesh with that certainty. Says that Rizal, you might have to come down another time to make up what you're missing. Without getting into it, person could go through a very negative experience. Listen to what he says. Doesn't say that this person is an apikairis. It could be the biggest rav in the world. In a certain way, unbeknownst to him, of course they do it with the best of intentions, he could, he could literally destroy your soul and prevent you from accessing that path that's a derech for you to, to come to Dveikas Bashem, to come to Tikkun. Very strong words, very, very strong words. The Satan encloses himself, The Satan encloses himself within these persons to harass and to make life miserable for those people that are learning that chilek of Torah that their nefesh is drawn to to specifically cause or prevent a person from rectifying his soul through the medium of learning that area of Torah that his soul deeply desires. And thereby to force him to come down to the world other times. It's 
that you have a particular area of Torah, and that's why I always say, I don't want that we should force our kids in school to learn the 10 spheres. Let them know that there's an area of Torah, that, that it's an option, Bichlal. then let it be an elective. But they should make an educated decision instead of cramming down one hyper-specific area of what Torah is and say, this is it, and if you're not making it, there's nothing else. It's a tragedy. I call it spiritual abuse. It's it's deprivation. Let's introduce to our children all areas of Torah, the entire spectrum, and then let their souls be activated by that Torah that speaks to them. That that Torah that's a ish, uh, that, that's an eitz chaim hilamachazik, but Torah that they could hold on to. Because we're all, we're all trying to hold on to something. Certain people hold on to different areas of Torah, and again, on some level, we need all. But the ikr, that's for each person, and for each person's soul, to allow them to be drawn to that area of Torah that's going to be their eitz chaim hilamachazikim ba. Person has to understand the source of their soul, where their soul comes from. And what we came down to this world to accomplish, to rectify, to complete, not just in terms of our individual natures, but the generation as a whole. And again, based on my speaking with hundreds of people and experiencing all different kinds of people, ages and backgrounds and all walks of life, I can tell you honestly that the overwhelming majority of those people that I speak to are normal, regular, balanced, you know, healthy Jews of whatever affiliation. This is what's missing. This is what they feel is missing. Is a kind of limanat Torah that they were not privy to or that was not made accessible to them or that they didn't even know about until way later on in life and they feel that something's, something's missing. And so generationally, it's very probable to say, with exceptions, there are certainly exceptions to every rule, including this one, but this generation has a very deep natia, deep draw to the inner elements of Torah, to the deeper dimensions of Torah. And it's yitachin. It's very logical to suggest that that's this, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends Hasidus down to the world right in Ikvis of the Mashiach as things are wrapping up and post-Holocaust, back in Eretz Yisrael. It's proliferating in a way that's just unbelievable to watch. And it means to say is that the lowest generation needs the highest, needs access to the greatest light because it's low on the external. Internally, we have the vessels for the deepest. Our kids have the kalim for the deepest. We give them very little. Very, very little on its deprivation on a very, very important level. We need an overhaul. We need mamish to fill the structures that we have with a new spirit, a ruach chadasha, a ruach chadasha. And then let them make educated decisions with regard to what their soul needs for their completion. Right? So that's what he says. Misham person needs to know their soul. And he says whatever area also in terms of mitzvahs that a person feels that they're prevented from and it's difficult, but that's the place where a person needs to put the pedal to the metal. We learned that both from Reb Tzaddik, from Reb Nachman, in a previous series of Shirim. By the way, this is why it means birur, because a person needs to clarify for themselves, well, what is this cheshek that I have for a certain area of Torah? Again, is it because of laziness? Is it because one area of Torah is difficult for me, and that means, oh, okay, that's not Libay Chafetz, how do you know? Maybe, maybe Adarabah, maybe the Yitzhahar is nislabish in this, right, that he's preventing you. So it's a very, very tricky game, and a person needs real hispononus, and that's why I say the best is to keep a balance so that you know you're not fooling yourself, right? And the best is to make sure that you have elements of all, and then focus the ikr on what you feel to be giving you chiyas. Right? And that's, that's why I think it's the safest bet, you know, where we're not just giving up on an area of Torah and saying, oh, I did that in a previous Gilgal. Maybe Adarava, maybe that's Yitzhar. So everything needs Birurim, right? Everything needs clarifications. But over here he says that with regard to mitzvahs, averis, things that are difficult, that's what you came to the world to do. Right? And because of this, the Yitzhahar specifically tries to go ahead and to cause you not to engage in these things. He says, when you think about the Tanoim, the Amiraim, the Rabbanon, the, the, the Goinim, um, and, and the Savroi, he says their Ikra Avoda was to think about 
what did I come to the world to accomplish? Does that mean that they spent their whole day shaking lulav the whole year round because that's the mitzvah that they came down? No, they put on tefillin, they wore tzitzit, they did everything. We, we need all 613. But each nefesh has a specific, what we call again in the terminology of the story of the lost princess, the shvil manatzad, an individualistic path that we need to go ahead and respect and honor. Like the Gemara in Shabbos says, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef asked, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, What was your father exceedingly scrupulous in? This one answered like this, this one answered like this. That was the Ikra Avodah to them. It wasn't simply about just following a system. It was a very deeply uh, individualistic and a very, very deeply a personal engagement. It wasn't simply, I'm on an assembly line like everyone else. Give me the same libunda as everyone else. Let me go through the system. Let me get a shidduch. Let me go get, get, get married. Kids come along and then they go through the same process. For what? For what? To have a bunch of robots? For what? Now, it has to be a personal commitment. It has to be this incredible personal engagement. Dveikus Bashem. We bring ourselves to the table because Yiddishkeit is something that we're in, not simply because society expects this of us, but because this is the deepest, deepest love of our lives. This is the essence of who we are. This is our makom. This is the essence of us. And that means that if we're different, and that means that if we have different propensities, and we have different challenges and different opportunities within those challenges, we have to be very, very attuned to that and to respect that and to follow that and not to allow others to sway us from that path. Because this is a very fundamental piece. I mean, it's, it's almost shocking in, in terms of how sharp it is, but it's nuanced. And we have to be very, very careful also, obviously, with regard to how we engage with these ideas step by step in a balanced way, in a healthy way, not to go to extremes. And this actually leads us right into Sichas Ran Chav Zayin, believe it or not. Says the Heliger Ibn Achman Schusia Gunalena, what a privilege again to learn these words with you. Says the Heliger Tzadik, Afal Pisha Adam Tsarach Lia Zariz Gadam Oid Maoid, Babadis Hashem Liz Dariz Maoid Bechol Ace, Ovachol Shalazis Harbe Babadis Hashem. Rabbi Nachman wanted, and we spoke about this in the previous pieces, about how a person needs to eat and drink and clothe themselves in the mitzvahs, my simtoivim, learning, davening, gemilas chasadim. There's so much to do. We're going to learn later on Be'ezer Hashem in a couple of months probably. But we'll get to Ayin Vav, which is Rabbi Nachman Seder Halimud. What he wants a person to accomplish, Kolatar Kula, every single year. There was a lot Rabbi Nachman wanted. How much a person is spoiled this and davening and avoid this. And there's so much to do. Because the main thing is the action. And again, this balances out what we've learned in other pieces. That the Iker by Rabbi Nachman is the Ratzon. Well, what's the Iker? Both. Right? Remember, we say this all the time. Rabbi Nachman, you can put two things that can be true at once. The Iker is the Ratzim, the Iker is the Asiyah. The Iker is the Asiyah, the Iker is the Ratzim. Both are true. Asiyah permeated with the deepest loving spirit of Ratzim. Lil Mother Harbe, Elasis Mitzvahs Harbe, there's so much to do. There's so much to learn. There's so many mitzvahs to do. There's so many opportunities. If we open our eyes, there's so many opportunities around us. We have this beautiful chat, these two chats. The Project Adarabah that some of the Chavar are on. It's the biggest Kiddush Hashem in the world. We're training Chavar and we're training ourselves to have our eyes out looking to be able to find good things in Jews. This itself could be an avoda that we could be busy with the whole day long. We walk in the street, we walk in the shul for the men three times a day. You involve yourself in community matters. You work with other Jews, you speak to other Jews. Let this be your thing. It's an opportunity for a mitzvah the whole entire day to be melamed tzchus on Jews. We have to the recha kamoicha to bring about tzchusim matzdike rabim kakachavim. The pasuk says, "Ayin tova." There's nothing more sweet. There's no mida greater than an ayin tova. So, there's so much to do. There's so much we can do. There's so much we are doing. The chayyotzev is there, right? Lul made harba, velasas mitzvahs harba. Lispal the lulus chan in harba lishpech libel the fun of his birth to pour out our hearts in front of a kaddish baruch who so much. It's another thing that we have the opportunity to do all the time to walk in the street, like I say, and you hold the phone to your ear. People think you're talking, and 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 you know to someone on the phone and you're talking. Mamish talk kaddish baruch who, and that means that every single minute of life when you're alone is an opportunity for us both to do this, right? So there's so much to do. He says, still, even so, and allow these three words to become baked into your heart. These are three important words to keep on going back to. Do not become bewildered. 
from all that we need to do and from all that we want to do. Right? You're learning the Svarim, particularly the Sifre Avoida, the Sifre Yura, the Chasidish Svarim, the Sifre Musar. In an Avoida's Harbe, how much there is to do and what to do and when to do, especially with regard to Yavim Toivim and Hidurim and different things that we should be involved in and Tikkun for this and Tikkun for that. There's so much to accomplish. Don't become bewildered, lamer, to say, to say, how am I going to be able to do all of this? And I want to try to grab everything at once. How could I do even one thing? I certainly can't do all of these things. Do not become bewildered. Do not attempt to grab everything at once. Walk step after step as much as you can in every Indian. Slowly, slowly but surely. Not to become bewildered, confused. Because you want to do everything at once. Now, of course, with regard to minimal halachic observance, that's something that all of us are expected to do. Uh, people that work in Kirov and have questions in that regard, that's a separate thing. But people who are Orthodox committing, committed Jews, we're supposed to try our best to fulfill the minimal. Is anybody a walking Shulchan Aruch? That's an ideal, like we say, right? But we try our best in terms of how much we learn and how much we genuinely try and a person should be improving every day and taking on things. Life is just one big growth opportunity. It's the sweetest thing to live your life in such a way. Every day, it's a new avoid, it's a new Indian. Closer to our Baruch, it's a journey, it's a process, it's, it's, it's incredible. But in terms of additive avodas, in terms of those things that aren't literal minimalistic, you know, chiyuvim, in terms of what we're expected to do or not to do, which are becoming increasingly blurred in this generation, but beyond all of those extra avodas, those things, says Rabbi Nachman, go slow, go slow. Do not try to grab everything at once. Because of that, you can become completely and entirely knocked off and confused, disoriented. Rabbi Nachman says, like the wonders of fire, you run into the house and you just grab the first thing that you see and you grab the napkin holder, right? And you know, two feet away from there was your laptop with all of your uh, whatever was on there, right? And the reason is because you are mavulbul. So Rabbi Nachman says, there's no fire, go slow. Don't have to grab everything at once. Work on one Indian, work on one avoda. Take one thing at a time. Slowly but surely, enjoy the process. It's not just about the six sons oriented desire to do something demonstrable. I need to show that I did it and that I got there. It's not the Indian. Like we learned already in the context of Limanat Torah, the main thing is the process. Like we say, one of the principles, the journey is the destination. The journey in and of itself, the Yigiya in and of itself, the attempt to grow closer to our Gadish Baruch to improve in whatever way in and of itself. That's the Iker. So go slowly. Don't rush it. And if a person finds themselves in a circumstance emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, that a person can't do anything in Avodah Hashem, what can you do? There's a concept that if it's an oinus, if it's a literal oinus, and a person's sick, and a person can't do it, or a person's emotionally in turmoil, but it has to be for real, again, these things need birurim, because a lot of people are depressed, and you know they can't put on tefillin, but they can actually put on tefillin, let's be honest, right? There are some people that are really depressed in such a state where it's a clinical thing, and they're really sick, and they need medication, and what can you do? And that's an oinus. But a person has to be very discerning, very, very discerning. We're, very, we're a bunch of weaklings, essentially, and we have to be very, very discerning. This isn't to say that there aren't people that actually suffer. There certainly are. But we have to ask ourselves, do a lot of espodidus, do a lot of birurim, to really make sure you know, that we're being honest with ourselves because the point isn't trying to get a heter. The point is to serve God the way that he wants to be served and as much as we can, right? That's the nakuda. That's what we want. So the ikr is, he says, to try the best that you can like we learned. If you can, and here's where the beauty of Rabbi Nachman, the balance of the two, comes together. Because if it was all about Asiya, like Rabbi Nachman himself actually said in the beginning of this piece that the Iker is the doing, calls on you can't do anything, there's nothing else for you to do. Right? So you might feel guilty, you might not feel guilty, but you're done. 
Ah, but because Rabbi Nachman says in many other places that the Iker is also the Ratzon, so guess what? If you're not able to do something, Adarabah, that's when the Avodas HaRatzon begins. A person that's not able to do, you know, to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu in their current mental state, emotional state, whatever it is, they're not in the right Chavraya, they're not in the right place, whatever the circumstances are, now you have another Avoda, and that Avoda is to yearn, and it's no less an Avoda, less Rusev Tavadis Avid. There's no good desire. Kaddish Baruch Hu is Mitzdarif Machshava Toivla Maisa. There's a very holy element of yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's closeness. Rachman Aliba boy, And HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants the heart. He wants the heart when you're doing Avaidas and he wants the heart when you can't do Avaidas. But the Iker is the heart. There's a lot to talk about in this regard. In order for a person to serve God in a healthy, balanced, measured, deep, enjoyable way. It's very difficult to describe these things in writing. A person that wants the right path, a person that wants a path of MS, a path of balance, that's what MS is, like we always speak about. A path that's healthy, a path that's going to fill us with vitality, vibrancy, life, and not kill us, like we spoke about in one of our earlier shiurim in this series. A person like that will understand a little bit of the importance here, of the nuance, in terms of identifying what this is all about. Who is this for, like we always say? What's the point of Avodah Hashem? It's stam to do Avodah, to learn what everybody else is learning, to look the same as everybody else, to do the same as everybody else? Or is the Indian Rachman Aliba boy, where if you're not able to do the Avodah that you wanted, and even then you were going bahadraga ma'at ma'at, you weren't trying to grab everything at once because you understood that it wasn't about the Avodah. It was about trying the best that we can, but the Iker was the lave. And if you're not able to do anything at all, the lave is still bursting. The lave is still there. The lave might be brokenhearted, but that's also an avoida. Ratzo v'shov, running, returning. Bein ba'aliyah, bein bi'arida. These are two realities of the ways in which we exist as human beings. There's no human being that doesn't have a period of time where it's an aliyah, a period of time where it's, an, where it's a yarida. But this kind of perspective on Amadus Hashem gives us the ability to serve God equally, whether we're in a time of aliyah, whether we're in a time of Eureka, because the Iker is the lave. And if the Iker is the lave, well, guess what? The lave has two modes, full and broken. And Rahman Alibabai doesn't just mean that God only wants a full heart. Sometimes he wants a broken heart also. However your heart is, that's the heart that God wants. There's always an avoid there. For the last couple of minutes we have left, let's try to look at these final sources. It says the Archa Sadiqim and Shahazrizas, very similar. Afal Pish Shahazrizas Taiba Ma'idi says Rizas is a very, very good thing. Make sure that you're not rushing in your avoda more than is necessary. A person rides a horse wildly who it's gonna be far easier for such a person. He might go faster than anybody else, but ultimately in the long run he might slip and fall off and hurt himself terribly. And it turns out that it was the short path that was a very long path. But is a person who runs very quickly. It's very possible for such a person to fall. Like they say, slow and steady wins the race, right? He says he can't do delicate work and to fix up what you need to fix up in a state of bewilderment. Very slowly, step by step, very discerningly. Like Rabbi Nassim, Rabbi Nachman describes in the Kutumran Taranun Beis with regard to his spodidus, take one area of Avodah Hashem, work on that. Slowly but surely, there's no rush because the Iker is the Avodah. The Iker isn't attaining that ultimately unattainable perfection. We have to work on ourselves, but the Iker is the Avodah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Value it. Treasure it. Every step along the journey, like her cook says in the book, we bring it in the book, every step is bursting with the sweetness of the ultimate goal. Don't rush things. Be patient. Absolutely, your heart should be awake and your mind should be, should be on fire, right? Your, your limbs should be working and you should be up and up and at him to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's what Zerizus is. But that doesn't mean that you should go from one thing to one thing to one thing, leaving everything incomplete. It means that within one Indian, you should be Zariz. Like we say, all of these things need nuance, they need balance, they need thought. When to rush, when not to rush. It's very important. Says the Heligagura on Mishle. The Pasik says, hold back, desist from this, stay away. Al Tavar boy, do not go on this path. Stay me alove the Abstain from it the and completely avoid it.
says the says the says the Pareu al ta'avar, pareu al al ta'avar boy. He says, When a person wants to break his taiva, a person cannot go ahead and immediately just jump to the other side, jump to the other extreme. It can't be. To the opposite of what he's used to, it's not going to be sustainable. If a person tries, okay, now I'm going from everything to absolutely nothing, and now I'm going to be perfect on all accounts, It'll last for a couple of days, but that's not the way. That's mamish not the way. At least rachik ma'at ma'at. A little bit, a little bit. Again, this doesn't talk. This doesn't mean averus, right? A person doesn't have a heter, you know, because in in the in in the interest of slowly backing away from things, so you complete, you know, continue to be over for another five years until uh, doesn't mean that, right? Those things. That's not a question. But in terms, of, and and again, with provisions of understanding our, you know. Ari Sahara's and, and so on and so forth, and we're trying our best, and we have avodas to do. It's not like we don't want to expect it to be perfect, but we but in that Indian we have to mamish to our best. But over here, when he says a person's working on a certain thing, let's say something that's mutter, but a person's working, that doesn't mean that you go from normal meals to you know to a pea on your on your on your plate with a cornflake. It doesn't mean this, right? Ma'at ma'at. Until you come to the other side. And then you'll be able to stand on the right path. And that's Pshat in this Pasuk, which the wisest among men is telling us. First, a person should step away. Slowly but surely begin stepping away, begin avoiding this, that it should stop becoming your derech. You should realize this is not the way that I want to live anymore. Okay, so that's a big, that's a big jump, but it's not to the other side. It means that it went from being a mahalach hachayim to something that I'm conscious of, I would like to work on this. And then... Al-Tavarbay means that a person shouldn't happen upon it. A person should be conscious when I'm engaging with it, when I'm not engaging with it, how I'm engaging with it, and so on and so forth. And then it means, Satame Allah is the end of the Pasuk. Stay away from it completely. Right? Don't stand next to it. May Allah Satame. Stay, go, what? maybe that's what it is, stay away, right? Sin tes hey, maybe it's the same word. Stay away from it, right? Stay, may Allah va'avar, stay far away. Va'avar, afil ba'asamach, avar va'al telich And then finally you get to the end of the Pasuk. So it's a progression. Pra'eyu, al-tavar boy, stay may Allah va'avar, and then you'll avoid it, but you have to go slow, go slow. And finally, we'll finish with the piece from Reb Tzadik. It's actually the very first teaching in Sikhs Tzadik. And here, Tzadik says, says what seems to be the opposite. So again, everything needs a lot of thought and a lot, and it's different for each person at different stages in life. But the Heiliger of Tzadik says, He says that when a person first jumps into serving God, it's got to be with a tremendous chipazim, with a tremendous rush and a tremendous speed. Like we find by the very first Pesach, the original story, they were eating the matzahs speedily. But the rest of the Pesachim, that are all azeicher for that, or even in this man based Hamikdash that actually had the carbon Pesach, they didn't eat it so quickly. They stayed up the whole night and they lounged around and they spoke about Yitzis Mitzrayim. Till Neitzachama. Why? Because the beginning of something, a person has to be a person has to guard that moment that a person has that desire, that ratzon, and to hurry out, capitalize on that, utilize that moment, don't let it pass. A person has an inspiration like the, like the Ramban says, the Gedusha Slavi brings it in many places. Make a chayfus, make something practical in the LPP course, Bezer Hashem, which we're in the middle of revamping and that will be available to everybody, Bezer Hashem, shortly in a, in a more updated uh, version. But over there we have an Indian of creative vessel where we try to make a practical avoda to, to, you know, to capitalize on the inspiration, to put it into a practical kli. Says Reb Tzadik, that you should be bechipazam. To be zrizus, mamish, to jump at it and to rush out. Lamar lotzeis mehem ula yachol. Maybe this is the moment Yeshua Hashem karafayin. But v'yachar kach shuv yelech b'mesinus v'laat kedin pesach doyrus. So the first pesach, which was the literal uh, escape from the memteshari tomb of Mitzrayim, there it's got to be bechipazin. All subsequent pesachim, once you're out, 
That's the time to apply Rabbi Nachman's advice of going slowly, of working on avoida to avoida. And so it could be also that this correlates to what we spoke about before in terms of the distinction between basic minimal halachic observance and other avoidas, right? The first jump out of the Indian of Taivas, out of the Indian of Gashmias, it's got to be with Kippasin, it's got to be with a rush, got to be with a fire in a healthy way. After that, then a person needs to go ahead step by step to work on Avodas, there's so much to accomplish, there's so much to do, there are so many madregas, and it's just unbelievable, uh, incredible. So thank you so much for the kind words here. I'm also currently in your Shalai Merakodesh. You can get the book um, probably in Manny's or Feldheim, some, somewhere around. Um, there aren't that many copies left, actually. We're actually going into a second printing Baruch Hashem. Um, but you can try those stores, and if not, they can probably order it for you. Okay, so that's just in response to the message in the chat. Thank you so much for joining. And, um, oh wow, we have all the chevr over here. In the middle of a Benazmanim summer trip, it's just remarkable. Hashem has so much nachas from you and so much nachas from us. We're trying to serve Him. We're doing the best that we can. It's not so easy all the time, but we're trying the best that we can. So thank you all for joining. This is a very special generation. So thank you so much for being a part of it. And Be'ez Hashem, we'll see you on Thursday. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Binyamin. Thank you so much, Mord. Yol, Shimon, Zahava, Shira. Thank you so much for joining everybody. Shalom at Mendel. Eric, thank you so much to, to everyone. Have the most incredible rest of the week, and we'll see you Thursday. All the best.